This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, israelnationalnews.com. And last but not least, in collaboration with Australian Jewish News, check them out at ajn.timesofisrael.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit 2njb.com slash donate. As the years progress, some young Jewish Americans feel more and more detached from their Jewish identity. Some are only half Jewish or quarter Jewish. Some don't even know about their Jewish roots. It is feared, therefore, that within a few generations, not much will be left of the American Jewish community. To battle this possibility, an initiative named Birthright was established in 1994. The idea was simple, bringing young Jews from around the world to Israel so they can understand their roots, get to know the country, and hopefully fall in love. Since then, more than 600,000 people participated in the project, 80% of them Americans and Canadians. It was a wild success. But now, as corona has crept into our lives, the future of the entire operation is being put to the test. So what does the future hold for Birthright? And did the project achieve any actual results? To answer these questions, we are joined today by Giddy Mark. Giddy is the CEO of Taglit, he started his career as a diplomat and served the country of Israel in many embassies, including Istanbul, Bonn, and New York. He's been serving as CEO of Taglit since 2008 and has led it to impressive success. We're happy to be joined today by Giddy Mark to discuss Taglit, American jewelry, and much, much more. Thank you so much Hello. for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you? I am feeling great. Thank you. So why not just let the American Jews be for themselves be? Look, I work so hard to keep my family <laughs> connected to myself, so let alone uh, the bigger family, uh, which is the rest of the Jewish uh, people. And we work very hard in order to bring the awareness to the minds of Israelis. You know that uh, when Birthright started, uh, practically the idea came, as you said, came up uh, from Yossi Balin, then the Deputy Prime uh, Foreign Minister of Israel in '94, uh, uh, and then. We started really the, the real, real planning at the beginning of uh, 98, and we started operations in uh, December 99. Ever since, we had 650,000 people from 70 countries, plus 100,000 from Israel. So today, we are the largest uh, educational project in the Jewish world. We are actually the largest educational travel organization in the world, Jews and non-Jews alike. And uh, we started from a very, very uh, low uh, point. Sometimes it's good to start from low, because when we started, only 2% of Jewish young adults used to come to Israel at the age of, uh, of uh, campus uh, age, uh, 18 and to 26. And uh, out uh, of the 2,000, which are 2%, it's a cohort of 100,000, uh, we grew up to 48,000 years ago. So 48%. To 48%. And now we, unfortunately, we're going to, I don't know what's uh, going to happen tomorrow because of COVID-19, 
but this year is going to be a, a low, a low number uh, year. But you know, we have a history of how many years? Three thousand, four thousand. So Israel, not Taglit. Jews. No, no the Jews, <laughs> the Jews. Jews, Jews. Yes. So even in the, the age of Taglit, with twenty years in operation, one season is uh, not too much. Uh, I really. I'm very unhappy with the fact that we don't have uh, right now uh, 30,000, 40,000 uh, planned participants here on the ground, seeing all the, the groups, all the people, all the buses, etc. But, uh, you know, as Jews, we have long, long horizons to look at, and uh, we are already starting to plan for upcoming uh, winter and later seasons. And uh, I know that the demand is going to be much, much higher next year. And I hope that we have the funds to fulfill all the demand because we are going to have all the 30, 40,000 who could not come this summer. And uh, they are going to be added to the regular demand of 50,000. So we are going to be bombarded uh, by demand next year. And there are many, many Israelis who are waiting for them. May I? May uh, I? Uh, May uh, I? Uh, uh, <laughs> We're both I jumping. I have a really in. good one. Okay, go, go, go. The, the, to be blunt, the most common critique, I would say, on Tagalit is that, okay, the Israeli soldiers and students, they want to come, they, they want to go to Tagalit to have sex with hot Americans. <laughs> and the young Americans, they want to come to have sex with hot Israeli soldiers, and it's a free trip abroad. Sounds like a successful, uh, like, like a big success. Uh, so, I mean, uh, so why, why should billionaires fund, like, you know, this huge sex operation? <laughs> so, since day one, since day one, we decided to measure only the output, not the input. There's a lot of output. And the output uh, is measured by very, very strict three ripples. One is my own Jewish identity. Second, my relationship to a Jewish community. When we started, Jewish community meant synagogue, uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish center, etc., and to the state of Israel. So, but today, a uh, Jewish community is not necessarily a synagogue anymore. As far as I'm concerned, number of uh, our alumni who are involved, for example, in WhatsApp uh, groups together with Israelis or the peers from worldwide, the number is uh, around thousands. And there are more, more young Jews that are now connected to other Jews online on Birthright Israel uh, WhatsApp groups than in all synagogues around the world put together. This is the new synagogue of the 21st century. In terms of, so we measure, we measure all the time, for example, the number of people who marry Jews, which is uh, one of the uh, 20 parameters that we are checking after birthright is uh, growing by 40% as compared to the ones who signed up and did not end up coming. So can you, yeah. that's like a KPI that you guys yeah. measure. Can you get into that a little bit more? Yes. What is it, how, how did it grow over the last uh, 20 years, yeah. or 30 years? Yeah, so, so uh, from the get-go, we have contracted with Brandeis University from Boston uh, to measure everybody who comes to Israel, very high uh, number of uh, registrants. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, every year we have people who signed up and eventually could not come because of one reason or another. So we took them as a control group. And ever since, we keep comparing the first year to the, to the participants of the first year, the second to the second, et cetera. And we see as if there are two complete 
separate communities of Jews who grow up mainly in the United States because it's 75-80% of our participants, but all around the world. The ones who went on birthright only for an interruption, actually, of 10 days are changing. They are changing not only because of what's happening here in Israel, but because of the fact that out of, let's say, 20-30% of their immediate friends who were Jewish before, it becomes 60%. So the whole environment, and we, we measure, for example, in terms of Israel, how many times do you follow Israel, news coming from, coming from Israel? And I don't care if they follow the right uh, hand, uh, right side or the left side, as far as I'm concerned. How involved are you with what's happening in Israel? How many of you are, keep in are keeping in touch with your Israeli peers, with your non-Israeli peers? And it's huge. It's hard to explain, but it's very visible. So what's the actual number, though, for those marrying Jewish? 40% difference. Between so 40% more, more for those who went on birthright for the, yeah, compared to the control yes, group? Yes, yes. Wow. Unbelievable, right? So it sounds yeah. like the stated you, goal is what Naor was mentioning. No, it's, it's how many children outside of marriage come out of it? That's the big question. That's, that's so, a KPI they're following, but not public. No, actually, actually, what what we really care about uh, more than marriage is how people raise their children, and this is also a huge, huge difference in raising children Jewish. And uh, you know, for us, a participant is not necessarily a lachic Jew. Anybody who is a child of a Jewish parent is more than welcome. They come over to Israel, and uh, you see many of them uh, that are now serving in the army. Many of them, there is a project called Massa. Mm -hmm. The majority of the non-religious participants of Massa are alumni of birthright. What about Aliyah statistics? Um, I believe that the majority of the non-religious Olim are birthright alumni. We don't measure, it's impossible to measure it because the Ministry of Absorption does not ask, have you been on birthright? But we see hundreds of people. Are you guys uh, uh, trying to get that in? Is there uh, a, No, this is no? not one, of, this is not one okay. of the goals, but uh, I, I, I see that this is a result of what we do. And this is a, quite a painful uh, point in what we do because we learn, and, and it's not one of our goals, so we don't follow it uh, too much, but I know of too many uh, very, very motivated young Jews who wanted to live near their new Israeli peers after they met them on birthright, and then they felt isolated here socially uh, without friends, etc. Mm -hmm. And uh, you probably know about it more than me. Uh, in the 70s and 80s, uh, the, the assumption was that if we give the new immigrants uh, tax-free cars, etc. They money. would stay or money. They would money stay in Israel. Everything. Yeah, and then the thing came to to a job. Uh, but now I realize that the most important thing is really social absorption, community, yeah. and people need to have community. So we established a few years ago a community um, of the Israelis who participated in birthright, and their first mission is to uh, to embrace the ones who made Aliyah and to give them some kind of uh, social backing and, and they do some parties and, 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 they, and they invite uh, the, the ones who come over to Israel so they feel that our slogans that we all want big family is really real uh, uh, reality. And, uh, but we still have huge, huge challenge uh, 
in there and time and again I really uh, I really feel that uh, Israel in Hebrew I would say ohevet aliyah aval lo ohevet olim I mean we preach all the time make aliyah make aliyah but once they come I don't feel that we give them whatever they need which is really social uh, social hug just to translate that Israel yeah. loves immigration but doesn't love the immigrants yes uh, so you need to be like anything in Israel you need to be stubborn you need to mm-hmm. be uh, you you need to be uh, st- you need to be strong and eventually the ones who stay here for more than two years you eventually are very very uh, grateful for coming over because it's great to be a Jew in Israel and uh, only and only on the bus do the Israelis understand how privileged they are how lucky they are that in Israel you need to work very hard in order not to be a Jew in the United States for example the default is being a not Jew and you need to be to yeah. work very hard to be a Jew so you The Israelis start to appreciate it only once they meet with the non-israeli peers yeah I think the challenge is even tougher than just you know the two year than, than maybe what you're describing because I know many people who went through I guess what you would call like the most natural like the naturalizing boot camp of, of Israel which is the army right yeah. and uh, and still after three years in the army making you know some of the best friends they've ever made in their lives some of them had girlfriends here and still they they were pulled back by this almost like uh, un unavoidable uh, force to the states I think one of the big things was family meaning many of the people who and in an outburg in and in out yeah of course it was actually mostly Californians it's true <laughs> in and out play seems to be a variable but I do want to continue talking about birthright purpose and also how you guys have been coping with covid but I do want to ask I want to push the point one last time even though I feel like it's gonna be hard to get yeah. an answer that's like not very diplomatic out of you I know I know <laughs> we'll talk about that too but um, the, what no mentioned there is this stigma and I wonder if like you guys are trying to fight the stigma or if you actually think it's not it, it benefits it. you and are embracing it or you're just ignoring it altogether yeah First of all, it's a stigma. I'm not going to run uh, the educational program around the stigma. The stigma um, has to do with some perceptions of Israelis that see groups of young people going together having good time, so they do one plus zero and they get to two. Uh, it's not necessarily true, uh, but it's not uh, something if you ask me, it's not something that we measure, and we want eventually. The participants to get really seriously to they have the first time in their lives I believe 10 days that are dedicated to thinking about who they are uh, there is a, there used to be when I lived in New York there used to be a radio popular radio 1010 wins so uh, the slogan there was you give us 20 minutes we give you the world so we give them not 20 minutes we give them 10 days to To have their own world and 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 it's really uh, the best thing is the uh, to, f- to see face to face an Israeli like a different mirror mm-hmm. and it gives them the opportunity to think who am I why am what's similar what is not similar and I think that it be- it starts an internal dialogue and it's very very serious and that's why you said that many of the people who come to Israel leave but more stay 
I, I, I have a nice story. I, I got uh, a couple of weeks, uh, years ago, I got a phone call. Uh, Shalom, I'm, uh, I'm the outgoing uh, commander of a paratroopers uh, a brigade, a battalion. My wife is going to Philadelphia to do a postdoc, so I took a year of uh, leave of absence, and I would like to volunteer for birthright. And, and I told him, unfortunately, we are a very thin organization. We bring uh, 50,000 a year, but we all together are 50 people, 50 employees, so we don't have any branch in Philadelphia. He said, I will be your branch in Philadelphia. I said, we don't need, thank you. It's all online. Uh, why, why are you so interested? So he said, you know, uh, we used to, uh, our, my last uh, mission was to be, to do the patrols around the Gaza Strip. And uh, there were so many Americans uh, in my platoons and, and, and my uh, battalion. And when I would ask them, how did you come? They would tell me that they thought about going on birthright because of their Israeli friends. And uh, he said, all of them came through birthright, and, uh, and I would like to give back now. So you see it all over. It's a good story. It's amazing. No, it's true, though. I mean, many of the people, I was on uh, Garin Sabar and, and other Masa programs, and many of the people I knew were, I actually never was, I think because my connection was stronger in a way, because my parents are Israeli, the old name, but many of the people that I uh, met along the way, if not most of them, had been on birthright at one point. Yeah, we are, we are looking for the people who are less connected. That's the yeah. truth. You know, when we started, I, I'm, I am lucky to have been the first employee of birthright Israel. I started uh, even before we started the, the trips themselves. And I remember that when we started, I was in charge of uh, marketing and uh, I spent millions on buying huge. Uh, ads on Times Square no uh, non non Jewish uh, newspapers oh. and uh, the, the it would say um, free trip to Israel hurry up and register Shana Tovat you and your family it appeared in September before the winter of 99 uh, oh. we got an email the emails were very uh, new at that time so one of the emails was dear Mr. Shana Tovat, thank you very much for the invitation <laughs> I will come <laughs> or the first year we really published uh, we published the itinerary so Thursday <laughs> Thursday Yad Vashem uh, Friday at the hotel somebody yeah. wrote to us you have a typo it should be Friday at the hotel not the hotel <laughs> so but but you know what it, it's funny but at the same time only then we realized that we really touched on the right target yeah. because only when you come on birthright you see that 90% of the participants are like you. You don't need to shy away of your Jewish identity. It's not your fault that your parents, that your community, that your whatever family did not give you enough Jewish background. So Birthright Israel is not going to make you a professor in Jewish studies, but it is going to ignite something in you. You can start a journey which is going to be your own Jewish journey until you die. Nice. Hopefully after 20, uh, 120 years. Don't you have some moral issues with the fact that you bring those um, Jews who are, let's say, quarter Jews from their grandfather's side or something? You bring them to a country in which if they make Aliyah, they will bury them outside of the graveyard and they won't let them marry. Do you think that this is the only problem that we have worldwide? 
it's hard to be a Jew, whether you are in Israel or the United States. There are many things that we need to improve all the time. Uh, it's an issue of awareness. I can tell you that majority of Israelis no, are not aware of what it means to be a Jew outside of Israel. As far as I'm concerned, we don't, we don't uh, de decide who is a Jew, who is not a Jew. We decide who is a, who is a member of the Birthright Israel family, who is a participant, yes or not. And uh, people need to make uh, their minds after they come to Israel. But do you show, you bring them to a complex country. That's, that's the great thing about, birthright, about Israel and about Birthright Israel, because we are very, very careful not to show them the right, uh, only the right side of the politics or the left side of the politics, because uh, we have such intelligent participants, you cannot sell them anything. They, they are smart enough to, to, to know exactly, and we try to be as open as possible and tell them, look, we don't have an answer, but we are here to entice you and, and to energize you to start asking questions. I'm not sure that you are going to get all the answers by the time that you die, hopefully after 100 years, but you have to look for answers the rest of your life. And this is, about, this is Judaism. If you go back to the Gemara, if you go back to the Talmud, even in, 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 the, in, in the Bible, you see huge discussions and huge uh, uh, debates, and this is Judaism, and but it's great. The stated goal, if, I'm, if I understood, of birthright is not to actually get these Jews, these American Jews and Canadian Jews, to make Aliyah. It's more to strengthen their connection with Judaism, meaning you guys aren't even interested in the KPI of how many people make Aliyah. You're trying to connect them more. And then I guess it begs the question, like, is being a Jew uh, outside of Israel, uh, I mean, aren't you doomed anyway? I mean, isn't... Shouldn't the ultimate goal to be to bring them? Because, you know, uh, how much can you fight assimilation? If they are connected to their Judaism, they're going to have kids and their kids will have kids. Eventually, it'll fade away. So that's why people have to have a sense of mission. That's why people need to feel that they are Jews because they, they chose to be Jewish. And uh, that's why I'm speaking all the time about their own self-journey. They will have to look for it and to find it. I don't, we don't give a recipe that is going to be 100% successful, but I, I, I'm not a defeatist. So I, I'm eternal optimistic. Look, we have I've been spending too much time with this guy. <laughs> he's you don't understand. He's the pessimist, and it's no, been I, rubbing I, off on me. I'm <laughs> No, I, I'm I'm very optimistic. You know, we uh, all of us uh, like to complain all the time, but uh, I believe Part of being that, a Jew. Yes, and I I think that never in the history did the Jewish people enjoy such high level of everything, of education, of wealth, of 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 security. Spite of, uh, in spite of some uh, atrocities all over the world, but, uh, and I believe that my generation is the luckiest generation in the world. I'm not sure about your generation because your generation is going to feel that life is a little bit harder than ours. But still, if you compare ourselves to 50 years ago, to 70 years ago, people here in Israel forget that only 70 years ago they had to have a coupon in order to have bread. So just to put things into proportion, I studied, uh, I studied history, including Islamic history, but uh, the history of the Middle East. 
And I think that uh, our situation was never as good as it is today. So let's take things into proportion, including the COVID-19, etc. I wish overall that we go in this course uh, for the future. Uh, only about 72 years, we did not have a Jewish state. Mm -hmm. How important do you think the Jewish community in the United States is to like, is this simply, like you said at the beginning, I care about my immediate family, so of course I'm going to care about my wider family. But how important do you believe the Jewish community in the States is to the existence of Israel, to the Israeli state? I think not only important, essential. Uh, I think that Israel, without a support of a strong American Jewry, is a weaker country. We need the uh, support of mainly American Jewry, but all Jews worldwide, not only morally. We need it um, financially, we need it strategically. I think that, uh, unfortunately, Israelis don't understand the importance of uh, world Jewry. They don't understand that we are the state of the Jewish people. We were the most uh, important uh, startup of the Jewish people in the 20th century. I tried to claim that Bursat Israel is the best startup of the Jewish people in the 21st century. <laughs> but, you got some big competition. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Israel is a product of the Jewish people. And until today, as, as strong as we are, we should be aiming at being stronger. And America, strong American Jewish community is always strengthening Israel be it in the White House, in the media, in the, in the economy. And I see it, I start now to see the importance of the alumni of Birthright Israel because now for the first time they are starting to grow up and to start uh, getting back to their community and giving back to their community and coming back to Israel. 40% of our participants come over to Israel within the first five years after they visited the through birthright. Not to necessarily make Aliyah, but just Not to, to visit. Not to make Aliyah again. to visit, because we want them to feel that regardless where they live, Israel is their home. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they come back. And when they come back, they meet with their peers. And now, since we don't have physical uh, participants in Israel, we are now going to start a huge campaign to reach out to our at least 50,000 until the winter, 50,000 alumni of ours who did not uh, visit Israel or did not have the chance to be in touch with their friends. So we are going to ask all of our uh, tour educators, we call them tour educators, these are tour guides that we educated about Jewish uh, world Jewry and how to conduct, uh, uh, how to conduct Havdalah, or, or Kiddush, unfortunately not all the Israelis know it, mm -hmm. so we really gave them an education, a basic Jewish education, so they could become Jewish educators, so we are going to have hundreds of them reach out to their, uh, to their alumni worldwide and start a dialogue. Eventually, we thought that uh, there are some projects that we could uh, launch together, including, for example, building huge uh, family tree of the Jewish people that uh, people from the group and from other groups could find. And, and, and we tried it, and it really is working. Find some relatives that are very close to them, and that will give them an opportunity to reach out to their uh, grandparents who are now locked 
in elderly houses uh, mm-hmm. in quarantine, so that could be a good way for them to communicate and uh, give the older people the, the feeling, uh, right feeling, that uh, they have an advantage over the younger ones because they know the history of the family. So this is only one of the projects. What about that seniors, Taglit? Um, if we're talking about uh, so uh, <laughs> this is the tenth time that I'm asked about it in the last uh, one month everybody I'm a cliche no 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 <laughs> no because you asked only 10 times you, you are the only tenth so um, we think we think about ourselves as being the bridge that connects the future of the Jewish people from one side of the ocean and to the second one and uh, actually uh, the newest project of Birth at Israel is called Birth at Israel Excel that uh, we have established in order for it to become the foundation, financial and leadership foundation for this uh, vibrant bridge. And uh, it is very, very selective. As much as Birth at Israel brings 50,000 people out of, let's say, 60 or 70,000 applicants because we cannot have enough money for everybody, but almost everybody can come on Birth right? But for Excel, only 50 are accepted every year out of 2,000 applicants. It's the most selective project in the Jewish world today. And they, are, they are come to Israel for internship uh, for 10 weeks. And uh, they have an Israeli soulmate, either from 8200 unit or from IDC and Herzliya, or one of the leading faculties of other universities in Israel. They spend together for uh, 10 weeks. And then... They start their own communities, both in Israel, United States, Canada, uh, Mexico. And this year, we started to have participants from UK. And we would like to become a community, worldwide a community of business leaders that are going to have the sense of responsibility for, the, uh, for their own community and to be in future investors in Israel's economy. So how is this connected to the senior, the o- l- older adult uh, so, so we shall wait about 20, 30 years until they are becoming seniors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. Um, so how are you guys actually, I mean, you mentioned that you're doing this family tree stuff. Is there also kind of maybe an effort to do remote, uh, like on Zoom? Or, yes, so or, for example, this yeah. year, this year, the... the, the um, Excel community is uh, doing its internships uh, remotely. Mm. And it's the first ever remotely uh, internship that is uh, global and being done in Israel. And uh, it's working very well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm surprised. And uh, we are waiting for the first day that uh, people are going to be allowed. So I'm going to bring them over as participants of Birthright so they could see face to face the people that they've been working with in the last, I believe, three weeks already. So uh, this is one. Secondly, we are building now two prototypes of virtual tours. One is uh, more automatic, uh, which is going to be built on uh, the platform of a company called Interlude. And people are going to be able to choose. They go, for example, to Kesar, Caesarea, and they have about 20 options in Caesarea. They will be able to, to click uh, for, for example, for the Hippodrome, and the tour guide is going to go there together with some Israeli participants and non-Israeli participants, and they will get an explanation. This is one. The second uh, thing that we are now uh, embarking on, we are waiting now for final approvals, is that a tour guide would go with a camera 
and they will be connected to a group mainly for high schoolers, uh, mainly in English-speaking countries, and they are going and he's going to ask them, okay, I'm in Caesarea, where do you want me to go? So the, here on the left you have one, uh, on the right you have the second. What would you want it to go? And interactive. Uh, yeah, very interactive, voting, uh, uh, prizes, wow. etc. That's cool. awesome. That's really cool uh, and innovative also. Um, so uh, we, I want to talk a bit about, I mean, we talked about birthright, but I want to get a bit into, like, we don't have much time left, but I want to yeah. get a bit into your life story okay. and where you came from. Because as we mentioned, and as you mentioned also, you're, you used to be a diplomat. Mm -hmm. So how did you get from serving in embassies around the world to uh Were you a diplomat or a Mossad agent? <laughs> Okay, that, that answers I, it. I was, <laughs> I, I, I was a diplomat. I went through the cadet course of the Foreign Ministry of Israel. Actually, when I, I, uh, I, I first of all, I'm very lucky to be where I am now. And, uh, and uh, when I was young, my mother used to tell me, you must behave. Because if you grow up and you become a diplomat, they, I, I don't want them to say that you had a bad bad manners because of your mother so <laughs> <laughs> so actually i became uh, i became a diplomat and uh, i served in uh, some countries in england and in and in, uh, in uh, before i was a diplomat i served in england and then i served in turkey what's your you must have amazing stories i have amazing give us stories. like the craziest story that happened to uh, you on an embassy i have amazing story uh, first of all uh, we i served during the first intifada uh, in Istanbul, uh, which is, of course, uh, an Islamic uh, Muslim country. And uh, when I came to, actually, I studied Turkish because when I came to the Foreign Ministry, I had known Arabic already. So I had to study in the, form, in, in the university. I had to study another language, and I chose Turkish. And I was the only one in the Foreign Ministry, I think, in my age that spoke Turkish. So they sent me to Turkey. And as soon as I came, the, the intifada started, the uh, unrest of uh, the uh, people in the West Bank. 88, 89. Exactly. Yeah. 88. And uh, I remember that people started to curse me <laughs> over the phone <laughs> in Turkish. And I would answer them automatically in Arabic. Only then I realized. So by the time that I really uh, uh, digested and, and, and understood that I'm in Turkey, I was moved like any good diplomat to Germany. So then it was again, you know, Israel always uh, is uh, loved by a minority and disliked by majority in some countries, but people w used to, and then I used to be in charge of public affairs. So I used what to- What year is it in Germany? You know, it was- After 91? It was 88 to 90. Mm, just on the brink of- uh, Exactly, but uh, so I used to have a suitcase that I would leave my home at, on Monday, give about 10 lectures around the country in Germany um, about uh, Israel and the Middle East. And again, I would meet with many, many Arabs, but then I would answer them in Turkish because <laughs> until I realized uh, that uh, I, I uh, was in Turkey, I spoke in, I spoke in Arabic. When I moved to, to Germany, I started to speak Turkish because it took me some time to right. understand that I'm in but Germany. You, you were in Berlin when they... You were in Berlin? I was, I was in Berlin on November 9th, 1989. 
I learned I, I, I learned the history, but not because of that I remember it. My second son, Avner, was born a year before. So uh, this was his uh, birthday, so that's why I'll never forget the date. Really? They tore down the wall and, on and, his birthday? Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, was I was invited by the, the I was the uh, representative of the Israeli embassy from Bonn to represent it at the Central Synagogue in Berlin uh, for the ceremony of uh, the Kristallnacht, which mm -hmm. is the same night. So during the event, people started to rush out, and I asked what's happening. They said, they are destroying the, the wall. It was really a historic... Uh, wow. Right. wow. Did you get a piece of the uh, wall? After three years, I got a piece from a friend of mine who was with me, and he said, you had to go back to Bonn, so here is the piece that I, uh, wow. that I saved for you. Yeah. So I really <laughs> had the, the chance of it then. And also in, in New York, when I was walking my last day as a diplomat in New York, I was walking in the street and I bumped into Yossi Bellin, who came up with the idea um, uh, three years before. And he said, hi, Gide, what, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to bid farewell to my staff at the Israeli consulate. I used to be the spokesman and in charge of public affairs. And uh, where do you go? I said, tonight I fly back to Israel. My family is already there. He said, you know, I just uh, met with two Jewish philanthropists, Charles Bronfman and Michael Steinert. Do you know them? I said, I heard about them. I don't know them. So they are uh, interested in investing in my uh, program, and they would like to build a strategy around it. Are you interested? I said, yes. And he said, okay, let's, let's have breakfast. So we, we had breakfast, and... Uh, and he said, when can you start? I said, tomorrow. He said, really? I said, yes. So, okay, you will hear from me. So after a month, I heard, uh, I got a phone call from the uh, director of Michael Steinert. We heard from Yossi Bellin that you may be interested. When can you come over for an interview with Charles Brown, Michael Steinert? He said, uh, tomorrow. And indeed, wow. after two days, I flew, I, I bought a ticket, I flew in, and after two months, I started uh, birthright and uh, actually I was lucky enough to be the first employee nice. so that's what I'm saying always to young people if you believe in something go for it eventually you are going to be Wait, the so luckiest this person was, this was in when in 90 this was I, I, I left uh, the embassy in uh, New York in August 97 and I, I started my official first day was January 1st 98. So you were working in, you've been working in Birthright, you were working in Birthright for 10 years before you came CEO yes, yes, in 2008. Already, yes, yes. Ah, okay. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. And you've been CEO since then. So you've yeah, been so at Birthright years, for 22 years. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. Is, it's longer. Is it longer than your diplomatic career already? Yes, yes. I was a diplomat for 16 years. Mm -hmm. wow. uh, and... Uh, 22 years on birthright. So no most, most sad story, an agent, uh, something, uh, a secret document, something uh, sexy from your diplomatic years. I, you had I, to I, tranquilize I, the I, wife I, of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> prime minister or something. Look, I, I, I served in the, actually, 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 I served in the Israeli intelligence as an officer, but this was my last, my last uh, intelligence uh, role in my, in, in my life. And I think that the, Serving the Jewish people, really, it's a big word, is uh, much more important uh, because really That's we true. change a course of a people of 4,000 years. And uh, when I see birthright, I really be understand how uh, people need always to say never say never because in 1990, that's why birthright was established because for the first time people were, wow, 
the majority are marrying out. We are doomed. There is going to be no Jewish people within 50 years. The what silent happened? Holocaust. Yeah, right. so people, uh, all the numbers went down. And look what's happening now. We are, as stro we are the strongest ever. We are the wealthiest ever. And uh, I think that we need to usually look for the bright side in order to continue. And uh, we should not... Uh, <laughs> disregard the threats, etc. But I think that after three, four thousand years, we are smart enough, as long as we are not too arrogant, we are smart enough to navigate our future to a better place. You know, okay. they say just because you're par paranoid doesn't mean no one's chasing you. Yes, <laughs> but uh, even if you are paranoid, you should be always stronger than your enemies. Yeah, and then your paranoia. And your paranoia. <laughs> Okay, so we got to wrap things up. Before we go, anything, like, what can we plug? People who are interested, they can go, where do they go? The line is going to be very big, but uh, you always have to be optimistic because we are going to embrace each and every one. We could not, we are not allowed to give up on any Jew who wants to explore. We don't have answers. Come over with, with tens of thousands who would like to learn as much as you do. And we are going to be as open as possible. And the, the decision maker is you, not us. But where can you go and sign up if you're What's interested? Uh, www.birthrightisrael.com. Yeah. We are waiting for you. And you're on social media also. And we are on social media, believe me. We are, I believe, the most proliferant uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish organization today on the website, on the web, actually. And you can find us everywhere. Amazing. Amazing. All right, we'll put links also with the uh, with uh, the video. Yes. Before we go, we have a collaboration with the Jewish Journal. Check them out, jewishjournal.com, for podcasts, interesting content about Jews in America and whatnot. Yes. Also. And we have a collaboration with Old Sheva here in Israel, israelnationalnews.com. It's an English uh, news website. Check them out, guys. They have great content, israelnationalnews.com. They're also on Facebook. Yes, and also in Australia, the Australian Jewish News, ajn.timesofisrael.com, also worth checking out, guys. And, of course, we do this on our free time, so we accept donations, guys. Can you talk to, to Sheldon B. for us? Maybe Sheldon would get right. something. <laughs> Look, we are now are done. Why didn't you ask me before? <laughs> <laughs> Sheldy, Sheldy, if you're listening, 2njb.com slash donate if you guys want to help us out. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much actually, for coming. Actually, if I may say... Yeah. Uh, we used to bring uh, 25, 35, 25, 28,000 participants. And when uh, the Edelsons came over, they really doubled the number. It's huge. Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. Masha Shalem Shalem, as they say in Hebrew. It's really, it's, it's much, much bigger because of that. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank it's you very much. Thank Bye, you. guys. Bye.